the President Biden, you are the leader of the nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE, up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO Eugene's KEPW, Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, in Rochester, New York, on WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico, on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle, on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing Planet Earth. Five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Yes, this is the Bradcast, your trusted source for making sense of this mangled nation and this burning world. Appreciate you joining us today. Uh, Russian artillery has destroyed, has completely flattened an historic dramatic theater in the besieged southern coastal city of Mariupol in Ukraine on Wednesday. Hundreds of civilians were said to have uh, taken shelter inside of the historic theater. One member of Ukrainian's parliament told CNN that, quote, thousands were sheltering inside, uh, inside of this palatial building. It is unknown how many, if any, survived That uh, terrible bombing photos show the theater, as I say, largely flattened. So, frankly, it it could be a miracle if there are any survivors today. The Ukrainian Minister of Foreign Affairs said on Twitter that the building is now fully ruined and that, quote, Russians could not have not known this was a civilian shelter. While the site has been a theater since the mid-1800s in Mariupol, the Donetsk Regional Theater of Drama, according to Wikipedia today, was reconstructed as a modern theater in 1960. And as they now note, it was completely destroyed by Russian airstrikes on March 16, 2022. So add that to the long and growing list of war crimes that Russian President Vladimir Putin must must eventually be held accountable for at some point as he joins 
an ignominious list at this point of the most hated and villainous figures in world history. Well-deserved. And, of course, hi, Desi Doyen. Hi. Add uh, add the number of the dead in that incident to the untold number of those killed uh, among the already intolerable number of murdered residents in Mariupol, uh, believed to be in the thousands now, reportedly, in that city, which has been cut off by Russian troops from food, water, power, medical supplies for several weeks now. I suspect, in truth, we may learn... Uh, that things were even worse than we have uh, understood them to be now in Mariupol once it is eventually liberated, which it will be, uh, given that there have been, uh, in fact, very few international reporters inside that besieged city over the past several weeks. AP has some of the very few uh, international journalists who have been reporting from inside of the city. So that's one of the reasons I've been watching their coverage so closely, in particular, in recent days on that. Uh, at the same time, I'm happy to say there is some hope. We didn't have time to get into these details yesterday, but it was reported via AP that before peace talks on Tuesday, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said Moscow would press its demands that Ukraine drop its bid to join NATO, adopt a neutral status and, quote, demilitarize in a statement that seemed to signal potential grounds for agreement with Moscow. Zelensky told European leaders gathered in London that he realizes NATO has no intention of accepting Ukraine. He said, quote, we have heard for many years about the open doors, referring to NATO's so-called open door policy. But we also heard that we can't enter those doors. He added, this is the truth and we have simply to accept it as it is. NATO, in fact, does not admit nations with unsettled territorial uh, territorial conflicts. Obviously the case now in Ukraine. Zelensky has repeatedly said in recent weeks that he realizes NATO isn't going to offer membership to Ukraine and that he could consider a neutral stance for his country, but needs strong security guarantees from both the West and Russia. So they seemed... Uh, at least as of yesterday, to be getting onto the same page on that score, at least as peace talks continued. And now today there is this from Patrick Revel of ABC News on Twitter. He notes Russia's foreign minister Lavrov says that at their ongoing peace negotiations, Ukraine and Russia are now discussing, quote, concrete formulations that are close to agreement. Uh, Russia's lead negotiator says Ukraine is proposing to adopt neutral status on the model of Austria or Sweden, for example, a country that is not a part of NATO, but has its own army and still able to pursue close ties with the West, including EU membership. So this is essentially the framework for peace that we had discussed on this show a week or two ago now with Anatole Levin of the Quincy Institute for responsible statecraft before the uh, two sides at the time were even talking at all. 
Reveal reports, quote, no confirmation from the Ukraine side as of early this morning, uh, as as uh, Revel reports. But, quote, Zelensky in recent days has repeatedly said Ukraine understands NATO will not take it. Last night, he said the Russian positions at the talks now, quote, sound realistic, but he has said more time is needed. And the Financial Times is reporting uh, later this afternoon that Russia and Ukraine are discussing a 15-point plan for ending the war that would see Ukraine give up on joining NATO, but with security guarantees from allies like the U.S., U.K., and Turkey. In return, Russia would fully withdraw its troops. Now, uh, whether that means withdrawing troops from contested regions such as the Donbass or Crimea, the latter of which seems almost unthinkable at this point, to be frank, uh, whether that you know means pulling out of those contested regions, that remains unclear. But it is movement forward on peace, at least as I see it, which is always a good thing. Yes. I, 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 and and I... I I think this is uh, quite important, actually. It is important. It is potentially a very positive move forward. But, of course, you have to wonder if you can trust any agreement that Putin signs. But then you can't get there to find out until you actually go get through there. this process. Yeah. Financial Times reports Ukraine would maintain its armed forces, but would be obliged to stay outside military alliances such as NATO and refrain from hosting foreign military bases on its territory. Hmm. ABC's Revell adds that there is a uh, that there is big questions over how those security guarantees from NATO countries like the U.S., U.K. and Turkey would actually work because any defensive guarantees would be like de facto NATO membership, he notes. Uh, but still, very so a catch big twenty two of storage that might be built of, into there. So maybe yeah. we'll see. He says, uh, but still, very big developments in those talks. So that certainly does seem to be the case, even as we continue to look for virtually any reason for hope these days. We'll take what we can find. At the same time, as those talks continue, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky summoned the memory of Pearl Harbor and the September 11, 2001 terror attacks. He referenced Martin Luther King Jr. He drew on the image of Mount Rushmore and told the lawmakers that people in this country want to live their national dreams just as they do during his appeal on Wednesday to the U.S. Congress to do more to help Ukraine's fight against Russia. Zelensky live-streamed to a rapt audience of lawmakers on a giant screen, acknowledged the no-fly zone that he has sought to uh, close the sky to airstrikes on his country may not happen. Instead, Zelensky pleaded for other military aid to stop the Russian assault. He sought sanctions that covered all politicians in the Russian Federation, including all members of the Russian Duma, and he called for all American companies to leave the Russian market immediately because, as he said through an interpreter, quote, it is flooded with our blood. He wants all international ports closed to all Russian goods because, as he said, peace is more important than business. And he proposed establishing an alliance of responsible countries and groups that would respond within 24 hours with everything needed to protect the peace and life 
as he said, not only in the current disaster, but in future wars and natural disasters. For the first time in a public address to world leaders, Zelensky showed a packed auditorium of U.S. lawmakers, a graphic video of the destruction and devastation in his country, um, what they have suffered in the war, along with heartbreaking scenes of civilian casualties in that uh, in that video. Members of Congress gave him a standing ovation as he first appeared on the screen before he even began his short remarks. And once again, they gave him a standing ovation afterwards. Zelensky began in Ukrainian through an interpreter, but later switched to English near the end in a heartfelt appeal to help end the bloodshed. We need you right now, Zelensky said. I call on you to do more, adding, I see no sense in life if it cannot stop the deaths. Here was Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's remarks to the U.S. Congress on Wednesday. Thank you very much, Madam Speaker, members of the Congress, ladies and gentlemen, Americans, friends, I am proud to greet you from Ukraine, from our capital city of Kyiv, a city that is under missile and airstrike from Russian troops every day, but it doesn't give up, and we have not even thought about it for a second. Just like many other cities and communities in our beautiful country, which found themselves in the worst war since World War II. I have the honor to greet you on behalf of the Ukrainian people and freedom-loving people who for eight years have been resisting the Russian aggression. Those who give their best sons and daughters to stop this full-scale Russian invasion. Right now, the destiny of our country is being decided. The destiny of our people, whether Ukrainians will be free, whether they will be able to preserve their democracy. Russia has attacked not just us, not just our land, not just our cities. It went on a brutal offensive against our values, basic human values. It threw tanks and planes against our freedom, against our right to live freely in our own country, choosing our own future against our desire for happiness, against our national dreams, just like the same dreams you have, you, Americans, just like anyone else in the United States. I remember your national memorial in Rushmore, the faces of your prominent presidents, those who laid the foundation of the United States of America, as it is today, democracy, independence, freedom, and care for everyone, for every person, for everyone who works diligently, who lives honestly, who respects the law. We in Ukraine want the same for our people. All that is normal part of your own life. Ladies and gentlemen, 
friends, Americans, in your great history, you have pages that would allow you to understand Ukrainians, understand us now, when you need it right now, when we need you right now. Remember Pearl Harbor, terrible morning of December 7, 1941, when your sky was black from the planes attacking you. Just remember it. Remember September the 11th, a terrible day in 20, 2001 when evil tried to turn your cities, independent territories in battlefields, when innocent people were attacked, attacked from air. Yes. Just like no one else expected it, you could not stop it. Our country experience the same every day, right now, at this moment, every night, for three weeks now. Various Ukrainian cities, Odessa and Kharkiv, Chernihiv and Sumy, Zhytomyr and Lviv, Mariupol and Dnipro, Russia has turned the Ukrainian sky into a source of death for thousands of people. Russian troops have already fired nearly 1,000 missiles at Ukraine. Countless bombs, they use drones to kill us with precision. This is a terror that Europe has not seen, has not seen for 80 years, and we are asking for a reply, for an answer uh, to this uh, terror from the whole world. Is this a lot to ask for, to create a no-fly zone, zone over Ukraine? to save people. Is this too much to ask? Humanitarian no-fly zone, something that Ukraine, uh, that Russia would not be able to terrorize our free cities. If this is too much to ask, we offer an alternative. You know what kind of defense systems we need, S-300 and other similar systems. You know how much depends on the battlefield, on the ability to use aircraft powerful, strong air uh, aviation to protect our people, our freedom, our land, aircraft that can help Ukraine, help Europe. And you know that they exist and you have them, but they are on Earth, not in Ukraine, in the Ukrainian sky. They do not defend our people. I have a dream. These words are known to each of you today. I can say, I have a need. I need to protect uh, our sky. I need your decision, your help, which means exactly the same, the same you feel when you hear the words, I have a dream. Ladies and gentlemen, Friends, Ukraine is grateful to the United States for its overwhelming support for everything that your government and your people have done for us, for weapons and ammunition, for training, for finances, for leadership in the free world, which helps us to pressure the aggressor economically. I'm grateful to President Biden for his personal involvement, for his sincere commitment to the defense of Ukraine and democracy all over the world. I am grateful to you for the resolution which recognizes all those who commit crimes against Ukraine, against the Ukrainian people as war criminals. However, now, it 
is true in the darkest time for our country, for the whole Europe. I call on you to do more. New packages of sanctions are needed constantly, every week, until the Russian military machine stops. Restrictions are needed for everyone on whom this unjust regime is based. We propose that the United States sanctions all politicians in the Russian Federation who remain in their offices and do not uh, uh, cut ties with those who are responsible for the aggression against Ukraine, from state Duma's members to the last official who has lack of morale to break the state terror. All Americans' company must leave Russia from their market, leave their market immediately because it is flooded with our blood. Ladies and gentlemen, members of Congress, please take the lead. If you have companies in your districts who um, finance the Russian military machine leaving business in Russia, you should put pressure. I am asking to make sure that the Russians do not receive a single penny that they use to destroy people in Ukraine. The destruction of our country, the destruction of Europe. All American ports should should be closed for uh, Russian goods. We are peace is more important than income, and we have to defend this principle in the whole world. We already became part of the anti-war coalition, a big anti-war coalition that unites many countries, dozens of countries. Those who reacted to, in principle, to President Putin's decision to invade our country, but we need to move on and do more. We need to create new tools to respond quickly and stop the war, the full-scale Russian invasion of Ukraine, which began on February 24th. And it would be fair if it ended in a day, in 24 hours, that evil would be punished immediately. Today, the world does not have such tools. The war of the past have prompted our predecessors to create institutions that should protect us from war, but they unfortunately don't work. We see it, you see it, so we need new ones, new institutions, new alliances, and we offer them. We propose to create an association, U24, United for Peace, a union of responsible countries that have the strength and cons consciousness to stop conflicts immediately, provide all the necessary assistance in 24 hours, if necessary, even weapons, if necessary, sanctions, humanitarian support, political support, finances, everything you need to keep the peace and quickly save the world, to save lives. In addition, such association, such union could provide assistance to those who are experiencing natural disasters, man-made disasters, who fell victims to humanitarian crisis or epidemic. Remember how difficult it was for the world to do the simplest thing, just to give vaccines, vaccines against COVID to save lives, to prevent new strains. The world spent months, years, doing things like that much faster to make sure there are no human losses, no victims. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Americans. If such alliance would exist today, that is U24, we would be able to save thousands of lives in our country, in many countries of the world, those who need peace, those who suffer inhumane destruction. I ask you to watch one video, video of what the Russian troops did in our country, in our land. We have to stop it. We must prevent it, preventively destroy every single aggressor who seeks to subjugate other nations. Please watch the video. The uh, video montage then played here a uh, graphic and, uh, frankly, very difficult uh, one to watch. Yes. As the uh, music played, uh, showing Russian shelling, destruction of buildings in many Ukrainian cities, de devastation on the ground, dead bodies, including children, lying in the streets, mass graves. Uh, the titles uh, on screen near the end of the video read, This is Murder, and it ends with Close the Skies over Ukraine. President Zelensky then finished his remarks to the American lawmakers in English. And in the end, to sum it up, today, today it's not enough to be the leader of the nation. Today it takes to be the leader of the world, being... The leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Peace in your country doesn't depend anymore only on you and your people. It depends on those next to you, on those who are strong. Strong doesn't mean weak. Strong is brave and ready to fight for the life of his citizens and citizens of the world, for human rights, for freedom, for the right to live decently and to die when your time comes and not when it's wanted by someone else, by your neighbor. Today, the Ukrainian people are defending not only Ukraine, we are fighting for the values of Europe and the world, sacrificing our lives in the name of the future. That's why today the American people are helping not just Ukraine, but Europe and the world to keep the planet alive, to keep justice in history. Now I'm almost 45 years old. Today my age stopped when the hearts of more than 100 children stopped beating. I see no sense in life if it cannot stop the death. And this is my main mission as the leader of my people, great Ukrainians. And as the leader of my nation, I'm addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine.
Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky, he received his uh, second standing ovation from a packed bipartisan auditorium of members of the U.S. Congress. Glory to the Jewish comedic actors. <laughs> Glory to the heroes. President Biden spoke a few hours later from the White House to announce that the U.S. is sending more anti-aircraft, anti-armor weapons and drones uh, after previously resisting Ukraine's appeal to both the U.S. and NATO to close the skies over Ukraine, as was asked in that uh, in that video. Um with uh, no-fly zone, unfortunately, uh, likely resulting in direct combat between U.S. and NATO jets with Russia's military. Biden has also previously blocked sending MiG fighter jets from Poland through an American airbase in Germany to Ukraine out of concerns that, uh, that that would be seen as an escalation by a nuclear armed Russia that could drag NATO into a direct confrontation with them. As Biden has correctly said, direct conflict between NATO and Russia is World War III. Biden, in his remarks, said that the U.S. will be sending an additional $800 million in military assistance, making a total of $2 billion uh, in such aid sent to Kiev since he uh, took office uh, more than a year ago, about one billion in aid has been sent in just the past week. Uh, Congress has allocated something like 16.8 billion for this effort. Biden said the new assistance includes 800 Stinger anti-aircraft systems, 100 grenade launchers, 20 million rounds of small arms ammunition and grenade launchers and mortar rounds and an unspecified number of drones. We're going to give Ukraine the arms to fight and defend themselves through all the difficult days ahead, Biden said in response to what he called Putin's depraved onslaught. He ended his remarks this way. This could be a long and difficult battle, but the American people will be steadfast in our support of the people of Ukraine in the face of Putin's immoral, unethical attacks on civilian populations. We are united in our abhorrence of Putin's depraved onslaught. And we're going to continue to have their backs as they fight for their freedom, their democracy, their very survival. And we're going to give Ukraine the arms to fight and defend themselves through all the difficult days ahead. We're going to continue to mobilize humanitarian relief to support people within Ukraine and those who have been forced to flee Ukraine. In just the past few weeks, we provided $300 million of humanitarian assistance to the people in Ukraine and in neighboring countries. Tens of thousands of tons of food, water, medicine, and other basic supplies to support the people in need. Our experts on the ground in Poland and Moldova and other neighboring countries are there to make real-time assessments of the rapidly evolving crisis to get urgently needed humanitarian supplies to the people in need when they need it. And we will support Ukraine's economy with direct financial assistance as well. And together with our allies and partners, we will keep up the pressure on Putin's crumbling economy, isolating him on the global stage. That's our goal. Make Putin pay the price, weaken his position, while strengthening the hand of the Ukrainians on the battlefield and at the negotiating table. Together with our allies and partners, we're going to stay the course, and we'll do everything we can to push for and end this tragic, unnecessary war. This is a struggle that pits the appetites of an autocrat against humankind's desire to be free. And let there be no doubt, no uncertainty, no question, America stands with the forces of freedom. 
We always have and we always will. That was President Biden on Wednesday at the White House nearing the three-week mark of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. As he walked out of the room, he was asked by reporters whether he believed that Putin uh, was a war criminal at this point. He did not respond to that question at the time, but later at a separate event, he did, in fact, uh, confirm that he believes Russian President Vladimir Putin is, in fact, quote, a war criminal. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break here uh, for a bit of a breather, and we will jump in with a few other items of news today before. Yes, I promise we will lighten things up <laughs> a little bit today on the yeah. broadcast before all is said and done. So hang in there with us. I'm Brad Friedman. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is supporting you and the things that you care about. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to counter the powerful corporate media echo chamber. Right now, as much as ever. If you choose to support us, you can do it really easily, safely, and quickly via bradblog.com donate. From Desi Doyen and myself... Thank you. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. The Federal Reserve raised its key interest rate by a quarter point from what had been uh, about a near zero uh, cost for borrowing money uh, in hopes of curbing inflation, which, following the pandemic and now amid war, uh, is at a 40-year high. By the way, raising the interest rates to curb inflation, just so you understand this, uh, that means causing a recession to the economy, to actually recess the economy, if you will, on purpose to try and cool inflation. Just in case you're wondering why Republicans love both complaining about inflation and demanding that action is taken by the Fed to stop it. Because in this case, it means causing a recession in an election year, which, along with inflation, you can bet your bottom now more costly dollar hmm. uh, they will be running on this year in hopes of retaking majorities in the U.S. Congress. So just wait for them to be complaining about both inflation and this recession we're in. Oh, yes. That and we're the job in because losses. we caused it. Right. And the job losses that will come from that, because as Biden had said in a previous uh, speech, raise wages. That's a way to fight inflation. There you go. Give people more money. Uh, the uh, the Fed, of course, oh, of course, uh, Republicans say, well, that causes more demand and that causes more inflation. And some of that is actually true. But, you know, if we corrected our supply chains, if we made things over here raise so that wages. we didn't run into problems, so that mm -hmm. things become scarce. Anyway, uh, the, the Fed, of course, is a theoretically independent uh, executive agency with a board of governors nominated by the president and confirmed or not by the U.S. Senate. Uh, today's rise in the interest rate uh, comes on the heels of the news on Tuesday that one of President Biden's nominees, 
to the federal board, uh, one of five who have been awaiting confirmation by the U.S. Senate for the past year while Republicans are complaining about why are we doing anything about inflation and they are not allowing these uh, uh, in, in the U.S. Senate. They're not allowing these nominees to go through for the Fed. Uh, Republicans on the banking committee have refused to even show up for confirmation hearings denying the quorum that is needed to approve any of the nominees in committee in order to send them to the floor, at least without changing the rules uh, of the Senate. Anyway, one of those nominees has now taken her name out of consideration. Sarah Bloom Raskin has officially withdrawn her nomination to serve as vice chair for supervision of the Federal Reserve Board. She had floated in limbo for weeks after Republicans on the Senate Banking Committee boycotted her confirmation hearing. President Biden said in a statement, quote, despite her readiness and despite having been confirmed by the Senate with broad bipartisan support twice in the past, Sarah was subject to baseless attacks from industry and conservative interest groups. Unfortunately, Senate Republicans are more focused on amplifying these false claims and protecting special interests than taking important steps toward addressing inflation and lowering costs for the American people. Sarah Raskin wrote to President Biden in a letter that she was bowing out amid, quote, relentless attacks by special interests, according to The New Yorker, which uh, first reported on her withdrawal on Tuesday. The final nail in her coffin? Well, yeah, you guessed it. Hmm. On Monday, (laughs) Democratic Senator Joe Manchin. Uh, He said he would not support her candidacy, closing off the possibility the Democrats would be able to circumvent the boycott in the committee with a Senate rule change. Because of the the really narrowly divided Senate, she can't win, she can't get enough votes because there aren't enough Democrats to vote for her. Unless they're all 50 senators are on board. And they're not. And they're not, thanks to Joe Manchin, and there are apparently zero Republicans who are willing to come uh, to vote for her. Her cardinal sin, apparently, in the eyes of all of the Republicans and the coal state Senator Joe Manchin, amounted to suggesting that regulators, God forbid, puzzle out how to incentivize shifts to renewable energy. As we've seen, um, you know, this this petro warfare going on now for decades and going on right now under our very noses in uh, in Russia and Ukraine. Raskin also wrote a piece in The New York Times criticizing the Paycheck Protection Program that was passed under Donald Trump because it gave loans to fossil fuel companies. So even though pretty much every banking regulator, not just in this country, but in the world these days, seems to be calling for the banking industry to stop propping up the deadly fossil fuel industry, as our climate crisis continues to barrel out of control and to threaten human civilization itself. Despite that, that is for these comments from Sarah Raskin are just a bridge too far for every Republican in the U.S. Senate. And yes, West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin, who, along with members of his family, just happens to rake in millions of dollars from the deadly coal industry. 
Raskin wrote in her letter to the president, this is not a novel or radical position. Chairman Powell, that's Donald Trump's Fed chair, Chairman Powell, uh, has recognized climate change as a significant risk that needs to be incorporated into the supervisory process. Any vice chair for supervision who ignored these realities, which are manifesting every day across this country, would be guilty of gross dereliction of duty, she wrote. Nonetheless, Manchin said of Raskin uh, this week, quote, her previous public statements have failed to satisfactorily address my concerns about the critical importance of financing and all of the above energy policy to meet our nation's critical energy needs. And Desi Doyen, what does all of the above energy policy actually mean? It pretty much means only stuff from below. Fossil fuels, coal, oil, gas. I mean, she actually had the audacity, the audacity to point out that climate change is a huge systemic risk to the U.S. financial system. The fossil fuel industry lobbied against her. They got Joe Manchin, they got yep. the Republicans, they got another scalp. And, of course, uh, Manchin's personal wealth is largely built on coal companies, the coal industry. He can, As well, he continues to rake in huge dollars to his uh, Senate campaign coffers from uh, big oil, fossil, fu- fossil fuel entities. And that is, I would contend, the reason, by the way, that he also killed Biden's landmark $2 trillion Build Back Better agenda that would have expanded health care and education and child care and elder care uh, and would have made our first significant investment to move from dirty fossil fuels to clean energy. Even as Joe Manchin pretended he supported that aspect of the bill, I believe that was BS. He never supported that aspect of the bill, and he never will, in my opinion. By the way, uh, while Republicans' interest in continuing to prop up their uh, big fossil fuel funders is is, is a helpful public reason to oppose Sarah Bloom Raskin, I would add that they are also opposing her because they are punishing the wife of Congressman Jamie Raskin of Maryland. Yes, Sarah Bloom Raskin is Jamie Raskin's wife. He's being punished for his correct and moral stance as uh, the uh, lead House manager in the second impeachment of Donald Trump for inciting the January 6th insurrection, as opposed to the first impeachment, in case you forgot, uh, where he was withholding uh, armaments and other support from uh Oh, Ukraine and President Vladimir Zelensky until Zelensky agreed to uh, do a favor for him. That favor being you mean that to, extortion plot. Correct. To uh, pretend uh, to, to say that there was a pretend investigation against uh, Joe Biden's son. Anyway, which Zelensky did not do because, as it turns out, as we have all learned, he's a man of character, unlike our former disgraceful president. Anyway, I think that the uh, Republican cowards felt that they would catch hell from Donald Trump if they approved Raskin's wife for this uh, job on the Fed. So in this case, they use their grotesque support for the fossil fuel industry that they're not ashamed about that they used for cover because they are cowards scared to death of what Donald Trump might have to say about them. All right. uh, As promised, yes, we are going to lighten things up in our C block coming up next on the broadcast. Some genuinely good news for everybody who is not insane and 
even a song that I believe you'll enjoy as well with the return of the beloved national treasure, Randy Rainbow. That's straight ahead on your friendly neighborhood broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. It is a good day for that. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, so uh, let me start by making clear that it is pathetic and embarrassing and arguably tragic that damn near the only thing our U.S. Senate can agree on on a bipartisan basis is a stuff related to war and this. That said, especially as I promised to lighten things up today, it is great that they have finally agreed on this, at least in the U.S. Senate, and anyone who says otherwise is simply wrong. <laughs> the Senate passed a measure on Tuesday that would make daylight savings time permanent across the U.S. Now, i got to tell you, I mentioned the, uh, this national imperative to make daylight savings time permanent once and for all on Monday's uh, broadcast, uh, as I have done in the past. And whenever I do, I get more email to bradcast at bradblog.com on this topic, both for and against uh, uh, more than pretty much any other issue I cover, Gosh, believe you, it or you mean, not. You mean America is polarized and divided about this issue? What on a shock. The, on this one, more than anything. Anyway, so if the legislation now clears the House and is signed into law by President Biden, it will mean Americans will no longer have to change their clocks twice a year. Well, you're welcome, even though, frankly, I don't mind changing the clocks. That's not my complaint. But if that's what it takes to get you dark, creepy, standard time loving Eeyores out there to be happy about this, well, so be it. The bill called the Sunshine Protection Act is co-sponsored by the great Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat of Rhode Island and Marco Rubio of the uh, Republican of the Sunshine State of Florida. It was passed on uh, Tuesday by unanimous consent. It would make daylight savings time permanent beginning in 2023. Now, I'm with the uh, health groups here because Axios reports that health groups have called for an end to the seasonal shifting of clocks, a ritual that was first adopted in the U.S. more than a century ago. Clearly, this is an important health issue. So I am supporting it because I'm in favor of health, Desi Doyen. <laughs> That, but you said you don't care yeah. about the switching of the clocks part. You right, just like part. the shifting things later. Well, the health experts are talking about the shifting of the well, clocks part, well, which has a long-term impact uh, uh, and can and, and leads to an increase in heart disease and accidents and stuff Well, the like shifting that. part, I mean, is, is like the busy work of going around the house and changing the clocks. That's what I don't care about. <laughs> I don't mind doing that. 
Uh, anyway, at a House hearing uh, last week, health experts cited sleep deprivation and health problems as negative effects associated with changing clocks. See? See? You're welcome. Nearly two-thirds of Americans want to uh, stop changing their clocks. Two-thirds. That, according to a 2021 Economist YouGov poll. So here I am a populist as well. I'm with the Americans. I don't know about you, Desi Doyen. Uh, but anyone who is, uh, disagrees here, uh, you have to ask themselves why they're against America. According to a national <laughs> Monmouth poll this week, only 35 percent of Americans would like to keep the practice of resetting their clocks each spring and fall. And 44 percent would rather have their clocks set for the later sunrise sunset. That's daylight saving time. Uh, and a pathetic, and I feel sorry for these people, a pathetic 13% would rather have the earlier sunrise and sunset. What is wrong with them? Senator Patty Murray, Democrat, and one of our greatest senators from one of our greatest states, <laughs> Washington State, home of our great affiliate KODX 96.9 in Seattle, uh, said on the Senate floor after the passage of the bill, quote, no more dark afternoons in the winter, no more losing an hour of sleep every spring. We want more sunshine during our most productive waking hours. I do not know if Patty Murray is up for reelection, but I am endorsing her right <laughs> now on this program. Permanent daylight savings time, staying on summer hours all year with no time shifts, is currently imp implemented in such great nations like Argentina, Iceland, Kyrgyzstan, Morocco, Namibia, Singapore, Turkey, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, and parts of Canada like Saskatchewan and the Yukon. Uh, according to Wikipedia. Also, by the way, Belarus. But they're anything but great. Uh, that said, even a broken clock is right twice a day, especially during daylight saving time. Of course, there are uh, some downsides here. In the 1970s, apparently, I did not know this, the last time Congress made daylight savings time permanent, the decision was actually reversed in less than a year. Did you know that? I had read that, yes. Oh, in 1974, uh, after the enactment of the uh, Emergency Daylight Savings Time Act in the U.S., there were complaints about children going to school in the dark and working people commute, commuting, starting their day and pitch darkness during the winter months. Well, boo-hoo, those poor school children grow up. <laughs> anyway, the complaints uh, led to the repeal of that a, a year or so later. Uh, it wasn't until the uh, uh, George W. Bush administration in the only positive thing that the Republican Congress could figure out how to do at the time, other than extending the Voting Rights Act for 25 years. But that was just a failed ploy to try to hold on to Congress. Uh, the only thing they could do was extend daylight savings time, which is uh, horribly popular, at least around here. Uh, yes. Well, I think a, that it's a it's a question between early risers and night owls fighting this one out. And you mean I mean, those of us who have to stay up late in order to work. But I think that the important part is that, yeah, sure, it's a problem if kids have to go to school in the dark. But at least with daylight savings extended, then kids can play outside after school for yeah. longer. Yeah. So You're in the welcome. morning, maybe not. But in the afternoon, that could be important. That's right. It is important. Children need to play outside. They need health. They need uh, vitamin D and such like. 
So uh, anyway, uh, what's next? Well, uh, Vern, Congressman Vern Buchanan of Florida, he will be uh, leading a letter to Speaker Pelosi calling for immediate House passage of this bill, according to Axios. We will see if he does and if it happens or not. Uh, and I'm even willing to overlook the fact that Vern Buchanan of Florida should not even be in Congress right now since he's only there due to 18,000 votes that disappeared completely in the Democratic stronghold of Sarasota off of an ESNS touchscreen voting system during the 2006 special election that put him in the House in the first place. Yes, I have a long memory. Republicans decided to start pretending that they were oh so troubled by computerized voting systems only recently. They didn't care back then. So guess what? Hey, Vern. Light it up, brother. As noted, I get more email on Daylight Saving Time, both for and against. It's about 50-50, by the way. Uh, but everyone seems to have an opinion about it more than uh, almost anything else. Maybe I will share some of those emails <laughs> in the days ahead because some of them are really fun and funny. Uh, anyway, as if that is not great enough, Randy Rainbow is finally making new music again, it seems, after spending the last year or so on tour. So his new one celebrates wackadoodle insurrectionist Congress members Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia and her fellow racist super genius Lauren Boebert of Colorado. So, uh, Des, does everyone know what it means to call someone a Karen I at this point? So. Well, since you're the closest thing to a Karen in the room, uh, can you quickly explain? Yeah, uh, you could say a Karen is um, as a dumb white lady with an attitude. Okay. A bad attitude. Which you are anything but dumb. Exactly. You're pretty white, though. <laughs> that said, Randy Rainbow with his, uh, his latest tune. Welcome back. We are joined now by the most hated woman in Washington. The reason it's a bad idea to drink battery acid, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie, thank you so much for being with us during this difficult time. I understand they just suspended your OnlyFans account. Well, yes, sir. I think it's very concerning. As a matter of fact, I think it's terrifying. I see it as a, an attack, really. Yeah, who gives a sh You've had a busy few weeks speaking at white nationalist conventions, heckling the president's State of the Union. Tell us, how do you balance your day job as a bigoted, fame-hungry conspiracy theorist with your personal life as a bigoted, hypocritical seditionist and overall threat to civilization? And a mom. It's basically impossible because when you become a public figure, as you know, I'm sure you lose a lot of rights. Tell me about it. I slapped a barista at Starbucks the other day because he gave me oat milk when I asked for almond and then they wouldn't even give me my rewards points on the order. Well, we have to stand up against the lies and thank you for pointing that out. It, it is, it's been unbelievable to me. The CDC has just announced that it's tracking a viral trend of wacky twits. And there's a new strain of mutations at large. Some go by Lauren and others by Marge. They somehow spread to Washington, D.C. All through the GOP. I don't know who's running the federal government these days, uh, Joe Biden or Prince John. What's with this dame? She thinks democracy's a game. And she's the same. So we refer to them both by one name. But girl, you're a Karen. You're an obnoxious, intolerant pain. Hun, you're a Karen. And you appear to be missing a brain. 
fucking stupid You lie and call scientists Nazis While actual Nazis you bless Cause you're a Karen And girl, you're a mess Here she is, folks, the leader of the hacks Who's she backing up now, Genghis Khan? She's the nutjob who's pro-January 6th and anti-vax Gets all her information from Fox News and QAnon Oh wow, gosh, th that's quite a list, well Ah, shut up, get a clue, go to hell Girl, you're a Karen And you get off on the bits that you pitch Cause you're a Karen You're just a racist-ass basic white Woo! Don't make me say it you act all entitled and macho You advocate hate and condemn gazpacho Gazpacho, please And though you claim you're America first We're first You're stuck in an anti-American stupor Your privilege is whiter than Anderson Cooper Hey daddy Cause you're a Karen And you're the worst Thanks John Just complain and harass and suppress Randy Rainbow's latest. Uh, there you go. We promised we would lighten things up one way or another. How yeah. the hell we got from the war in Ukraine and uh, President Zelensky to Randy Rainbow and the Karens? Well, maybe only on the broadcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, there we go. We got to get out. Uh, thank you to our producer, Desi Doyne. My thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. We hope we've made it worth your while. Somehow, if you missed any portion of today's program and you want to catch it, you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. All of that is made possible only by listeners' support. Listeners, yes, like you, who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us stay on your public airwaves and trying to make sense, as I said at the top of the show, of this mangled nation and our burning world. You can drop me email if you like, even on daylight savings time. <laughs> I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. We will see you there. Until we see you here next time, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Girl, you're a Karen. And you get off on the bits that you pitch. Because you're a Karen. Just a racist ass basic white Woo! Don't make me say it You act all entitled and macho You advocate hate and condemn despite